Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Sunday, January 12th. As we have been all week long, we are live at the Varsity Tennis Center in Ann Arbor as the official media partners of the Oracle Pro Series event here, the return of professional tennis to my beloved city. Alex Gruskin here with you again as we have been all week and joined by my play-by-play co-host, the forefather of the College Tennis Ranks Formula. Predictions never far from the listed UTR. One of the many dames to root for the Liberty Flames and a man who seriously says, Alex, it's time for a brand new rhyme. Chris Halioris, welcome back to the mini break and always a pleasure to be with you in person. Uh, always a pleasure, although I don't know. Not, I'm not less so sure. Less so. Six days in a row, it's getting to be less of a pleasure to be actually with you. The honeymoon phase is over. There's yeah. no denying that. And of course, we have been here all week long. But today, semifinal Saturday, one double semifinal, two single semifinal. That was the action we were priv- uh, privy to today. And that's what we're going to be talking about. We'll do a recap of that. We'll preview what we have in store for us in the finals. And I know, Chris, we are both really excited because, again, as it has been all week long, fantastic day of tennis here in Ann Arbor. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great tennis, great level, good stuff. I mean, some great matches today and and two more tomorrow. Yeah, and again... Final Sunday. It's one of those days we all watch on the livestream.com slash. I learned it's not a backslash, it's a slash. It explains why they haven't sponsored us yet. You'd think all the times we sent them that link, they'd have done something. But livestream.com slash ATP, if you want to catch any of the replays, watch us tomorrow broadcast that final. Uh, But let's recap our day six. It was a really fun day, Chris, and I think the place we have to start, let's knock it out of the way first. Let's go in chronological order. We started off the day with a doubles match, our number three seeds, Hans Hock, who I referred to as Hock Hans, who you referred to as the guy from the Die Hard movie, Hans Gruber. All acceptable. Those two, of course, acceptable as they won the match. They reached the final with a three-set win. I want to say they knocked off the team of Ramboli and Martinez 6-7-6-3-10-7. Something in that range. I'll get a more specific score for you in a second, but... You know, right off the bat, Chris, it was what we've seen all week long. Indoor conditions playing a heavy factor. Lots of holds of serve. In the end, the team in Hawk and Galloway more successful coming to the net. That's ultimately why they came away with the victory. Yeah, no, I mean, tie-break first set like we've seen so many matches. Uh, Kind of thought the edge was going to go to Galloway and Hawk there even with a little bit bigger serve from, from Galloway and the fact that the two of them like to get to the net. Uh, didn't get the breaker, but they managed to get a break in the second set, win the set, and get into a 10-point a ten tie break uh, that they just were a little too much in the 10-pointer. Two points off on my score line, 6-7-6-2-10-6 for Galloway and Hawk. For Luis Martinez and Fernando Romboli, not only did they spoil my morning in that I have rhymes ready tomorrow when I introduce Galloway and Hawk, but I could just... I didn't want to say Stromboli or Cannoli because I didn't want to be pigeonholed as... 
something I'm not with, like, saying, hey, that's all I could come up with. I did have Soli in there for uh, Martinez. I had Sez. But I just couldn't come up with anything comfortable. Obviously, they contributed more than just that today. I thought Martinez and Romboli mentally never checked out. Uh, you know, they lost that second set 6-2, but it was closer than a 6-2 score indicates. I believe in that set for Galloway and Hans, uh, they broke serve twice. Uh, that's it. No, they, yeah, they did break serve twice on their two break points. That's how we get to 6-2. Have to at 6-2. Yeah, don't give me that look. That's the look I've been seeing in the broadcast <laughs> yeah. booth. Hard to win 6-2 yeah. on one break, Alex. Uh, and look, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but for, that, for the team of Galloway-Hans, the thing you'll take away, the positives heading into tomorrow's final. Uh, they make 67% of their first serves, 38 of 43 on those points, 88%, 12 of 21 on the second serve. More importantly, they fa- they saved uh, all four break points they faced. They looked, uh, the, the communication for two guys who are playing their first tournament together gets better and better as this tournament goes along. You know, seamless switches across the net. We saw Hawk show off how good his hands can be. They're a lefty-righty combination, and when you head into tomorrow's final, I believe they are taking on uh, the team of Barrientos and Gomez, who knocked off our U of M team last night in their semifinal. I think I give Galloway and Hawk a, a slight favorite, slight edge there. I just love the way they close the net, and I think Barrientos and Gomez, Gomez in particular, probably the biggest server of the group, but the doubles... Play, just what we've seen from uh, Galloway and Hawk, it, they're the team to beat. Yeah, I think I think that's accurate. They're probably the favorites. Gomez definitely going to be the biggest server on court. Again, the guy that hit 40, 40. aces in a three-set match and to Martin Redlicky and lost. But that's singles. 17 yeah. service games, 40 aces. But he still, he'll hit the, and he probably not even as much in doubles because it's more about positioning than it is power, pure power. He'll still hit the big serve. But, but yeah, I think Galloway and Hawk probably have the the advantage a little more as you said I like the two guys closing in getting on top of the net we will probably see Barrientos and Gomez a little more one up one back than we will from Galloway and Hawk and and yeah if they can if they can uh, impose their game style two men at the net I always I'll give that the advantage and and say probably a slight edge to them coming in for Galloway and Hawk they have lost all three first sets in their matches in tiebreakers, 6-7, six, 6-7, seven, 6-7. Six, seven, six, seven. It hasn't deterred them yet. Can't imagine it's going to ter- deter them tomorrow. Should we find ourselves in a tiebreaker situation? You're right. Alejandro Gomez, the biggest server of the bunch, you would think that maybe gives them a slight edge uh, in in terms of if it got to that stage. But I agree with you. Galloway and Hawk, so comfortable playing the sort of doubles I've grown accustomed to seeing here at U of M. It's indoor doubles. We're from the Midwest. You learn to serve in volley. You learn to close. And Galloway and Hawk do a fantastic job of that. And they played really good tennis today. Again, three set winners advancing to our doubles final. After that, we kicked off the singles semifinals. Excuse me. And as you can see, my voice shot. We've done so much talking this week. It's the first time I've ever thought, wow, I think I've talked enough. And as you listeners, though, that's rare if ever occurrence. Uh, but you look into these single semifinals, and let's start out with our first one again, because chronological is the theme. Bob Barker rules on the play-by-play chronological here. Uh, Stefan Kozlov in control, I want to say, through the first 
set and a half, two sets of the match. It ended up splitting sets. Kozlov 19 break points in those first two sets, only converts two of them. At the through that, Roberto Sid won the first set 7-6. Uh, Kozlov plays a sloppy breaker to lose it 7-1 after Sid served for the set. Second set, Kozlov gets the late break for 7-5. But I think the story of this match is for Stefan Kozlov. You play behind for two hours. It's awfully tough, even if you do earn that second set, to keep that mentality going, to keep exerting the amount of energy that it took for Kozlov to make a comeback in this match. And we saw at the end he was grabbing his back, uh, all these different things. I just think physically in the end, Roberto Sid, 26 years old, former college tennis player, that was the difference. He just had a little more juice left in the tank in what was, again, a fantastic tennis match. Yeah, I mean, I, he definitely had more juice in the tank. I don't know if, if I think Kozlov's was as much Mental that turns into that, you know, when you're when you're everything behind. hurts a little more uh, every, when you're down a break. Yeah, it's it's all that way. All all of a sudden, when he was fighting back for it at the end, he seemed to have that extra pop in his step uh, again. But but yeah, he was definitely he fought from behind in the first set. I mean, it, it was so it felt like he was behind anyway, even though he, they were on serve going into a breaker. Like you said, it, I think in the first set it was like eleven of twelve. For break points, and it ended up being 17 of 19 on the day. Something ridiculous. To, I mean, to have 19 break points, only capitalize on two of them. Uh, I mean, th- there's nothing he's going to look back on more than that. Just, I mean, and you could see him gesturing to his coach, like, one point. I can I just get one of these? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you know, and you know, oh, he got two, but out of 19 chances, and that that I mean, really, that that was the difference. It all it all wore on him over time, and. And Roberto Sid came up came up with the with the goods when he needed it. Yeah, you look through the first two sets, Kozlov had won, I think it's a total of five more points. I mean, so to be split set, he, he'd really won through the first two-thirds of the match, and we saw him go down that early set. And credit to Roberto Sid. I, I think our listeners are aware I, I'm biased towards Kozlov. Not to say that I was rooting for him the entire match. Uh, not to say that I was rooting against Sid, but I was certainly rooting for Stefan in this one. And it did feel like through that first set, as you mentioned, 19 breakpoint opportunities. That's about all you can ask for if you are Stefan Kozlov and that he wasn't able to convert even uh, you know, three of them. You know, Because three of 20, you convert 15%. Like, no, he couldn't even do that. He had multiple chances to make this a shorter second set, you know, get himself back into the match physically, keep himself fresh, and ultimately it's a testament to Roberto Sid, who throughout this match used his serve, used his first forehand to target the Kozlov backhand. We saw Kozlov over and over again slicing backhands when pushed into that, into that corner. Uh, Sid did a great job sneaking in behind a forehand, cutting those Kozlov slices off at the net, hitting big first volleys. It's why he won 57 of the 81 points he played on his first serve. It's why he won 28 of 49 points on his second serve. And more importantly, you want to know how he saved 17 break points. He was fearless. He was not afraid to move forward as great as Stefan Kozlov is defensively. I've never seen anyone hit that many slice backhand passing shots, and I think this, what we learned from the sample size, it just didn't work today. Roberto said too good on the first volley. That's why he's moving on to our final. And the, Yeah, the interesting thing there to me is, right, Kozlov, in everybody that Kozlov had played up to this point, nobody else employed that tactic, and Sid, not the guy that I think, when I think of somebody that's going to look to push, push, push forward constantly... 
not the guy that comes to mind necessarily, but yeah, that was clearly his game plan. His game plan was hit the ball to the Kozlov backhand, come in, put pressure on him, uh, and it's, you know, it, it worked most of the day. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Yeah, I, I agree, and it's a testament to Roberto Sid. He's gotten better and better as this tournament's progressed. He dropped that first set and was down, I think, what was it, five or six match points in his first round against Velotti. Uh, straight sets all the way through to the semifinals. Now three sets here, saving his best for last. And he was the elder statesman coming into this. He's the 26-year-old in the field of three other 21-year-olds. That physical gap, you know, how much stronger you get, how much you round out between your uh, age 26 and age 21. That was the difference here in indoor tennis. He was too good from the ground, made just enough extra balls to force Kozlov to really have to work for it, and evidently it was good enough to get the job done. Now, in our in his final, in his next match, he's going to play a guy in Ulysses Blanche, who we've said night after night, not only our most impressive performer, but the guy who we think is playing the best tennis this week, a guy who certainly deserves to be in the final, and he did just that today over the number 10 seed, Daniel Altmaier. Two breaks, I want to say it was 6-3, 6-3, maybe 6-3, 6-4. Uh, was there two breaks in that second set? Did he break to win? No, he held serve, right? Altmaier ended up holding, and Blanche served it out Blanche for four. So 6-3, 6-4, the final score, and I'll look that up to confirm. Uh, but, I mean, what's left to say? We've talked about it all week long. Ulysses Blanche on the first serve. The stats today, simply spectacular. You look at what he did. Uh, he wins 85% of those first serve points, 29 of 34. He's making 65% of his first serves. But it's okay if he didn't because he went 12 of 18 on the second serve and didn't face a single break point. Altmaier was great. You know, Altmaier protected his serve well, but Ulysses Blanche, as he has been all week, spectacular. Yeah, it was just, like you said, Altmaier did well on his own serve, get, you know, broken once in each set, but it still felt like, it, it felt like a ho-hum routine, you know, you can't break, you know, obviously when you don't even face a break point, you can't get broken, but but yeah, he was easily, easily holding serve every time, and that was the story, it's what he's done all week, uh, he had one, he's dropped one set uh, in that match with Aragona yesterday, that, and that's it for the week, and it felt like... Uh, it was inevitable that that was going to be the story. You know, that was going to be the way the match went if he continued to hit his serve, his forehand, you know, his serve plus one. There's, you, what can you do? Yeah, and for Ulysses Blanche, it's the basics. It's that any time he gets a clean look at a forehand, and he did a good job using his serve to target the one-handed backhand of Altmaier when you're overwhelming him with that much pace and kick, it's going to be a tough return for anyone, let alone a one-handed player. And whenever he got a first ball he could set up on, he ripped into it just all day long, uh, all week long, really. The terms have been dictated by Ulysses Blanche, and it's why he finds himself in the final. And I think heading into the final, as great as Roberto Sid has played physically, as, as solid as he looks, we said it on the broadcast, we'll continue to say it, this tournament is on Ulysses Blanche's racket because he was that good today. He's been that good all week with the win. He's inching himself closer and closer to cracking that top 300 again. The backhand on the rise returns looked great. The only thing we haven't seen him do is force the slice and volleys. 
Um, but entering the final, like, he doesn't need to because he's been that good from the ground. And so entering this final, Roberto Sid, Ulysses Blanche, we've talked to Blanche, and he's mentioned the fact that he's played Sid on multiple occasions. They're both South Florida guys. They've trained together in the past. Who do you give the edge to as we head into this one? Well, if Blanche, like we said, if Blanche hits the ball like he's hit the ball so far, clear edge to him. I mean, Sid is going to, he's going to battle and grind with the best of them. But if Blanche puts those serves in and plays that serve plus one game that he's had all week, I, you're, there's no way to stop. That you know, not on, not in these conditions. It's going to be very, very difficult. So I think you've got to give him the edge. Uh, but and I, and Sid's got to, you know, he's got to hope. Hey, maybe he give me a break every now and then. Just don't play a tremendous service game because it's going to take that to break him this week. Yeah, and we mentioned uh, their extensive history. They've played four times. Uh, they came at a Futures event in 2017. That was a 3-6-6-3-6-3 win for Blanche. But more importantly, they played three times this past season. One of them ending an injury, a Roberto Sid victory indoors in Dallas. Uh, that was on a hard court. Uh, Blanche pulls out, being again, down 3-0. But their two other results, their full results from 2019, 7-6 in the third Busters. Sid winning the indoor occasion in Cleveland, 6-4-5-7-7-6. Uh, Sid winning in Memphis in the final 3-6-6-3-7-6-10-8 in that third set breaker. What that tells me, we should be guaranteed a close one no matter what, and that's why I think we're both so excited for tomorrow's final. But the other thing I learned, indoor heart, I think Blanche is the guy to beat. I just think there's too much pop on the serve. Too mu- uh, He's too confident right now that unless something changes in that aspect, I think just the tennis-wise, he's too good this week. And he said it in the in the recap you just had with him. He said when he's when he's serving that well, he knows it, it affords him to take risks on the return because he knows he's holding so easily, uh, and it loosens up the return. Yeah, he's just, yeah, all kinds of confidence right now. Going to be hard to beat. I always appreciate when someone quotes an interview I did, so thank you for that, Chris. And, of course, we will be here uh, tomorrow, and we have been all week long in Ann Arbor. Uh, for this Ann Arbor Challenger, the official media partners. Huge shout-out to our friends at Top Notch Management Group, our friends at Oracle, at UTR, for putting on this spectacular event as a former U of M student. It obviously means that much more to me to have professional tennis return to Ann Arbor. But it's final Sunday tomorrow, and thankfully we are fueled by our friends at Aerobar because I know you're running low on steam, as am I, but with more potassium than a banana in that bar, I know we are both ready and fully fueled for tomorrow's final. And, of course, that's the big thing we're waiting for. And if anyone else needs that proper fuel, they know. C-R-A-C-K-E-D-30, Cracked30 for the promo code, 30% off your Aerobar first purchase. Um, yeah, I, I, I just can't believe that this week is almost over, Chris. It feels like now it's part of our routine. We wake up, we go to the booth, we see each other, we laugh, and then at the end we're like, all right, I'll see you in eight hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what are we doing? It's It's... it's it's five. It's six o'clock. Okay, and we're Bresky. going home already. Yeah, I'll be like Tony. You want to talk again? Like we yeah. Yeah, we didn't get to talk enough. Yeah. So really, really excited for all of the covers this week. And again, always give a shout out to our super producers Max Sligner and Daniel Westoff. We are live right now. I think on Instagram or wherever. So I won't swear, but I'll say they have a fun job to do. Uh, and we appreciate all of their work with their production team, editing all of our stuff all week long. Chris, one more day left. Do we want to give predictions to end? Yeah, let's give some predictions to end so I can tell if you're right, if I'm right. I imagine we're going the same way here. Yeah, I don't... Hawk, Galloway, Martinez, and Martinez. Hawk, Galloway, Gomez, Barrientos. Who you got? I'm, I'm going to take Hawk and Galloway. Uh, we are going to go the and same. I know, and I know you are too. But I will say, I'm going to say that, like, Barrientos now 
and I've said this on the broadcast, if anybody was listening, one of my favorite guys to watch. You have if, all respect if, to you. If anything, you have to go watch the third set tiebreak between Fenty and Seymour and Barrientos and Gomez and watch Barrientos just flat lay out dive for a ball and one of those dives that like I could land on my ribs and break them here. It's not just a little, oh, I kind of dove to make it look pretty. He just laid out on a hard court indoors. I mean, yeah, and they were just, and they made that match. They they embraced the crowd being against them and they weren't antagonistic. They were, they were super. So I had, I'm, I'm going to have fun watching them, but I think in the end, two guys at the net too much, so I'll take Hawk and Galloway. And then, yeah, I for sure we're both picking Blanche. Just he's shown too much firepower this week indoors. Uh, I'll t- I don't even, I, I don't even see a three-set grind the way he's played. Uh, I mean, I hope we get a very competitive match, uh, but I think just the way he's playing right now, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a very tough struggle to play uh, play his, Sid's game uh, against him indoors, but. So I'll, I'll take Blanche. I don't know if I have anything else to add to that. You pretty much hit it. The only thing I'd counter, Barrientos, a little cushion for the pushing. I yeah. feel like he, he landed softly on yeah, that belly. Yeah. It was okay. He, he hangs out with me, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the Miller light section in the play-by-play. You guys are drinking Miller, of course. Um, no, I agree with you there. I'd say for Roberto Sid, there's a path where if nerves start to hit Blanche, I mean, things have just come so easily for him this week, and Roberto Sid, so physically solid. There is a world where he, you know, slows things down, makes the match physical, we find ourselves in the third set, and all of a sudden he's up a late break. Um, but overall, I think the thing, again, to keep harping on is Ulysses Blanche is the real deal. That's serve, that forehand, that's talent, and it's been a pleasure to watch him all week. He's a guy who we've said, it feels like since the second match we saw him, the first one, you know, we watched him beat, not Kipson first. Who do he, who do he play first? I can't even remember at this point. It was, um, yeah, it was the day oh, before it was Ruben. Kipson. It was Noah oh, Rubin. Noah Rubin, the two um, seed. Yeah. Ever since he beat Noah Rubin, it really did feel like he was on a path to the final this week, that he's been playing that well, and it's performance after performance after performance it's not like he escaped and found himself in the quarters and then turned it on he's been that good so I'm going to agree with you I'm going to go with Blanche and then I'm going to go with Hawk and Galloway and I will also be with you tomorrow again in the booth for anyone who wants to see us on the call livestream.com backslash ATP you can catch up on all this backslash slash he him who ha ha him and I will be you in got, the booth you tomorrow got the, you got that 3 of 20 was 15% like that <laughs> And numbers you can't are easy. Get he and hit ah, whatever fractions. I I've been drilled into, but yeah, grammar is when I stopped listening in school. Um, but no, we are so excited to be doing that. And of course, again, shout out to our super producers Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, as well as our entire team from Crack Rackets, Dalton Thieneman, here this week as well with his lovely wife. Hannah Thieneman, so it really does feel like our whole Crack Rackets team in town for what's been a really fun event, but for my wonderful co-host Chris Halliors, for our super producers Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff, and for our entire teams at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host Alex Gruskin. We will see you all for the final Sunday, but in the meantime, Chris, what do we tell our listeners, not viewers, I will call them viewers! listeners, some viewers now. (laughs) That's true, viewers. That's the break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.